I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. Feel alive. Episode 105. 105 times having to sit here across the table from you. We didn't sit across the table 105 times. Or computer screen. Yeah. Yeah, we zoomed it. We've gotten creative. We zoomed it. We zoomed some. 2021, our second one of 2021, but we're actually recording in 2021. I was like, this is our only, this is our first one of actually recording in 2021. (laughs) So. I have my intro. You do? Yeah, remember? What's that? Welcome to Ornature Extraordinary. I'm Ben Clune. This is my Scottish friend, Stephen Brown. Yeah, I'm Stephen Brown. I'm Stephen. He's the other guy. I'm the Scottish friend, I think. One of them. Um, yeah. Today Sinead we're Voorhees is a Scottish friend, too. She's not Scottish, dipshit. She's Irish. Is she really? 100% Irish. Oh, well, then no. Then you're my only <laughs> Scottish friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I hope she listens. Oh, I'm going to tell her you thought she was Scottish. She won't be offended. Scottish and the Irish actually like each other, believe it or not. Do they really? We all just hate the English. Oh, it's a common commonality yeah. of hate. They've been for oppressing okay. us for years, and unlike your country, we've never been able to shake them. <laughs> <laughs> See, you could have been like America. <laughs> Well, we had the chance to do it democratically in 2014 and a bunch of dipshits voted no for independence. I wonder why they did that. Oh, I could go into it, but um, let's not. I don't want to swear early on. You don't even live there, nor have you lived there probably since 2014. So the vote was on my birthday. I don't know if you knew this. No. September 18th, 2014. And I was drunk. And I remember walking (laughs) home drunk to the South Hill from downtown calling people like I called my mum and said some things and I shouldn't have said those things she was <laughs> mad at me like I called them all morons for voting that way <laughs> I didn't even know how they voted <laughs> you called your family morons I was drunk and angry I was like how, what kind of country doesn't fucking take independence and yeah so it's, it's hard if you suckle off the teat I mean that's you know it's yeah. going to be hard this is going in a direction we did not plan but, um, we are so when people they did not have a clearly defined goal draw a comparison so especially so they, they talk socialism here and they, they draw a comparison with Norway and to compare Norway to the USA is lunacy just in terms of, I mean six six or seven million people mm-hmm. um, yeah sovereign wealth fund all that stuff yeah we have cities that are that big yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like you could fit Norway into Washington like four times or some. Seriously, it's it's a small, small country. God, I didn't but Scotland geographically was that Scotland small. does have direct correlation to Norway, whether it being coastal, yeah, North Atlantic, oil rich. 
Um, that's why England wants to keep, or London, sorry, wants to keep Scotland because of the oil money and Scotch whiskey exports and beef exports. So we're at Scotland, I'm saying we, <laughs> Scotland's a huge part of the GDP for the entire UK, massive part. Hmm. Um, so I they're a good little producer over there. Yeah, very much Those so. Those crazy Scots. And we invented a bunch of shit, if you look it up. I think we've talked about I mean, this before. You have. You talk about it Scottish every inventions. couple of months. You bring it up, yeah. Including one that you <laughs> love. Your people love this. You, you financial people. The decimal point, the Dewey decimal system. Oh, did you really? Dewey? He's a Scotsman. Dewey's, Dewey Scott? Yep. <laughs> I like it. Okay. There you go. So today, what we're talking about, Benny Boo? I don't know. Benny Boo, 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 Boo. Sorry. Stevie... Stevie Weevy PV. Do you know why I did that? <laughs> Stevie Weevy DV. I actually watched How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days by yourself. I'm on a Matthew McConaughey kick here because I've okay. just finished his book. It's in my Audible if you want to listen to it. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Amazing, right? I like autobiographies and memoirs and things like that, but I'm really picky about which ones I'll read. And his is spectacular. I always knew I'd love to have a beer with this guy. But his life story and my life story, minus the Hollywood, and him, <laughs> being, him being a really handsome man and yeah, having beautiful women want to be with him all the time, are very similar. Seriously, I'm not even kidding. Uh, he, he grew up in another country, came no, here no, to teach soccer. He went and to Australia and stayed with host families and stuff. And the, the whole experiences he describes there are yeah, very he similar got some to common me. Uh, Listen to an Airstream trailer. He says something else that I always say, like, I've had my ass kicked many times by people, including my parents, and I've deserved every time. And well, you've had your ass not kicked a few times that you deserve to have it kicked too. That yeah. probably still needs to happen. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> seriously that book though. Uh, it's in there. I know Sorry, you've got my, my passwords. Yeah, that was Ben's computer just going bing email. But yeah, Matthew McConaughey. It's called Green Lights. Green Super Lights. Super cool. Oh, why it's cool. called Green Lights? But listen to it. I think you'll enjoy I can't it. finish a book right now. I got to finish these the other Audible one still. Fortitude. Just, yeah, I finished which that is as good. Well, I'm almost obviously. done with it though. Yeah. Almost done. But the Matthew McConaughey one is easy to listen to. It's yeah. just humorous. I mean, he's just a yeah. cool guy. Yeah, I like him. Okay, but let's get anyway, into our thing. Let's Benny get into boo, our boo, thing. Boo, 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 boo part yeah, from, nobody cares. Yeah, 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 you would. It was just on. Were you drinking a mimosa while you were watching it? It was just on, and I didn't switch it. I just, <laughs> I like that movie actually. I think it's one of the few chick flicks that. It is. It's funny actually. I'll agree. I'll agree. I'm, you know, securing my masculinity. Yeah. But so we've talked about this before, actually. We've talked about well, goals. we talked about goals. We we've just talked, talked about, about goals. vision casting. Yep. Um, and I think this is going to kind of merge it together because we, we had a, a, a slight text message fight where I called I, you You out. always... So, no, I called him out, for one. Stephen likes to project his own beliefs on how <laughs> things should be done on everybody else. And I'm sure you all have caught on to that after listening to us for two years. And I said, bullshit, Stephen. Not everybody sets goals the same way you do. But you didn't and he's like, up. I realize not everybody says goals. Yeah, but you didn't pick up what I was saying. So what we're going to talk about more is the process yeah. after the goals are set. The yeah. He said, let's get more granular with our goals. And I'm like, I don't want to get more granular with my goals. I intentionally kept them broad. He's like, that's lazy. It is lazy. I'm like, that's not lazy. Non-specific goals are lazy because then you're kind of just like, there's oh, a difference I, I just between non-specific. I mean, just want to do better. Shit like that. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Simon Sinek thing of continual progress. Yeah, that's fine, but you've right. still got to be specific. Yes and no. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> like how I answered that? <laughs> yes and no. All right. So yeah. goals and Can I say something process? about goals and something that I thought about? Was, and something that really bugs me and why I, I am broad in my goals 
is because there's just not enough stuff that I really care about to have very specific goals. So this might trip you up a little bit is I don't want people to actually set goals that they don't actually care about. Because a lot of people seem just to set goals because people like you tell them they need to set a goal. And it's like, and that they're lazy if they don't. It's like, I want them to be lazy and not set goals if it's not a goal that they actually care about. I agree. Because so many people set goals out of fear of whatever. Their friends say, you don't have any goals? That's dumb. Why don't you set a goal? It's like, because they don't care about it. And if they don't care about it, why should they set a goal for it? I agree. So it's like, if you set a goal, I want it to be, and I don't want, I hate it when people have a bunch of goals too. Like, I've got a bunch of goals. It's like, why don't you just look at one goal and like tackle that first? Like, I get disagree. the one. I know, and you can disagree. We disagree on a lot of stuff. But it's like, why don't you just like get your goals and dial them in and one at a time instead of having 10 goals? It's like, I, I can think of a few people that we know jointly that are like, they have these goals. I'm doing air quotes right now, you know, and their goal is basically just be rich. But it's like they don't have. Or project being rich. Or, yes, project being rich. It's like they have no actual like work ethic behind them. Mm-hmm. It's like they just want to be rich. It's like, well, that's really nice, but let's have some actual work ethic to go behind these goals. So do the goals and the work ethic actually align is what I'm talking about too, right? Because if you set a goal, do you want to do the things that it takes to get to the goal? Mm-hmm. So that was what I wanted to So I, I agree with the first part of that wholeheartedly. I don't want people setting goals because someone said set a goal. And perhaps... A goal for somebody like that is to have goals like let's figure out what you do like what you do want to do where you want to be what you want to achieve like it, because here's the thing a life devoid of goals is no life at all and i don't know if that's someone else that said that and i've picked it up but it's how i feel well and i think the goal could be that they want to maintain mm-hmm. maintain what the life they live all right because some people i know it's odd are content with where they're at. No, they're and not. Who they are. No, they're not. I think you're wrong. I don't think anybody is truly content if they're not grown. Uh, if you're not maybe. growing, if you're not know. growing, you're going to die quick. That's going to be one we're going to disagree on. You're going to die on the inside quick. You have to be grown, and it doesn't mean that you're growing in the way I'm growing. It doesn't mean that you have to grow the way you're growing. I'm I don't. just saying that. No, if anybody has reached a point and they're not eighty or ninety years old, where they're just content with their station. Yeah, that's not a happy person. That's that's a troubled person, if you ask me. Mm, I don't disagree. I don't agree. But we'll move on. So, so I'd like you to explain why you disagree with that, like because why I disagree with what part of it? Because contentment for me, and I think on the whole, is about the process, right? Nobody ever gets to a destination and goes, okay, I've got to the destination, I'm happy, I'm fulfilled. Everything I ever wanted to achieve is done. Now I can die happy. I don't think that happens. Well, I'm not saying it does. So for me, what and, and you see this with successful people, you see this with unsuccessful people, you see it with um, people that are caught in ruts and people that are able to get dig their way out of holes and things. So having something to look towards I hate that goddamn heater when it switches on <laughs> I wonder if you guys can hear that I don't know I was wondering it too you can turn it off it sounds like a door opening at first <laughs> um, I am going to switch it off yeah just turn the little dial and turn it down. <laughs> there you go <laughs> alright the heater's off oh God. Ben likes distracting mm. me today all his dings and heaters and but what I'm saying is that when you reach a destination, 
you're not happy you got to the destination you take things away from the process and then you reapply them to the next See, destination here's why i think what you're saying is proving my point is because a destination is a goal right and i'm talking about contentment throughout the entire time right you're talking about growing which would be getting towards a goal like i don't think people always want to grow I think sometimes people are happy with where they are in the lifestyle and the life that they're living, right? They have a good relationship with their spouse or children. They have the income that they want to have and they don't necessarily want to grow. They want to maintain and their goal can be to maintain their life, right? That doesn't mean they need to be continually growing it. Look, you're entitled to that opinion. (laughs) And I don't say this. I want people to respond to this. I don't say this very often. But that's absolute bullshit. You can call it. I feel anybody, and, and I think the majority would disagree. Let's use your your example, right? Married, supposedly happy, children, earning X amount of dollars, living in a house, vacationing once a year, twice a year, whatever it is. Yep, that's life for the next eighteen, twenty years. Dude, I think you'd be surprised. People with are no happy growth. With that. No, I think people settle into it. I don't think people are happy. I don't think people are fulfilled. So now you're trying to argue something you can't prove. Well, you can't prove that you're right either. I never said I would. But what I'm saying is that without growth... That's why I said move on from it, because we can't prove it. Well, no, I think it's it's a good discussion. I think without the... Without some kind of growth, and it can be anything. It can be that you're getting better at friggin' video games. You're getting better at driving cars that you've bought or fixing a car or better at gardening or you, you mowed the lawn better but you're growing somewhere I and think, the process improves you I think I get what you're saying and I would redefine growth as value you need to find value in something that you do and that doesn't necessarily mean growth because if you find semantics. value in in because in, you can value can be in maintaining I don't ever want to just maintain, and I don't think most people do. People always. You want said more. I don't, which is fine. And I said, but then I said I don't. Think I know, most but I think that's do. wrong too. I don't think anybody's <laughs> ever happy with the amount that's in their bank account, regardless of how big it is. I don't think anybody's ever happy. So then let's shift the topic. Is that healthy then? I'm not. If just, you're never happy you with what's in your finish. bank account, I'm not just talking about banks. I'm talking. I don't think anybody's ever happy with how their house looks. You've got a wife. Every time you finish one project, there's another project, right? <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, but that doesn't mean you can't be happy. I don't think anybody's ever happy with the car they have. They always look to the next model. And the, the and uh, the, these are all material things. It can be more than that. If, if you have a degree, you want to be a master's. If you have a master's, you want to be a doctorate. If you have a doctorate, maybe you want to then be a professor and impart knowledge or continue to grow from a knowledge base. So every everything... I just think everything is about growth, value, lead, whatever you want to call it. I don't think anybody is truly happy with their station and thinks of the completed article. If they are, they're narcissistic. <laughs> is that an if-then statement? Did you just go full left on me? Did you just go if-then statement? I did make an if-then statement, but I do. I stand by the if-then statement as well. I think it's, I think there's a level of narcissism if you think you are as good as you can be or you're content with exactly where you're at and you wouldn't change anything and you don't think you can be better and you don't need to grow. Cool. Or add more value, if you want to use your term. 
Cool. But I'm with you. I think <laughs> I'm not going to respond. I'd love to hear from people and what they think about this. Yeah. Because I would too. We're obviously fairly heated and passionate about it. So. Yeah, because Stephen's wrong. So we can move on. <laughs> and see, I'm all right with you thinking I'm wrong. I know. So there's a difference here. What's the difference? I think I would have probably kept trying to argue with you a few years ago. And now I'm just like, yeah. Whatever. I know. That, that I don't need to have that last word that says you're wrong because I, what I think, is subjective to me, and what you think is subjective to you, and there's no objective way to measure. Well, yeah, like what I we're said, talking about. Welcome to America. Why does America have? We get to have different beliefs, and we can move on. Oh wait, that's allowed. Well, it depends. Not in politics. Are you going to cancel me now? Cancel culture. Am I going to get cancelled? Well, purely because your mask, uh, your toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Okay, let's get into this freaking thing. We just we just opened a can of worms for some people that listen. They're oh, they're all I? they're all triggered as hell right now. Oh, are are they saying toxic masculinity is not a thing? Or are they toxic masculines? Males masculines? <laughs> <laughs> are they demonstrating toxic masculinity? I can't even. Are, speak are, are they toxic masculines? Is <laughs> <laughs> that even? What, what just happened? Oh, what did just happen? I promise yeah. I, I speak fairly well usually. So Fairly well usually? I think the last time we talked about this, oh, we, we split it down into professional fitness and personal growth goals. Oh, God, so that was in 2019. Probably. Yeah. So we're going back. Yeah. But I think coming off of 2020 being the most mentally challenging year, I think goal setting is a whole different ball game for a lot of people right well, now. The whole adage of uh, when people play and God laughs, right? You know, like mm -hmm. I feel like that it was 2020 summed up. Like everybody had their ideas of what 2020 was going to look like for them, both probably work and life, you know, in general. And that just got blown the heck up. <laughs> travel. <laughs> Still eager to travel, but. Um, oh, do you know what we talked about when we recorded the, the, the first episode of 2021? <laughs> and I only know this because I edited it and published it this weekend. We said, well, you guys will know if we're able to open up on the 4th. And you do. And we can. Because it's the 4th. Here in Washington. Uh, today is the 4th. And it was extended a week because the state legislative session starts a week from today. <laughs> you are having a problem with English right now. Uh, what, what did I say? Legislative session. Legislative session. session. <laughs> Anyway, the state legislative session starts away from today. So this week we're all on tenterhooks. Um, tenterhooks, I think is the, the actual term. <laughs> Waiting for Jay Inslee to go live and tell us what his quote-unquote new reopening plan is. So I think what's going to happen is all of the, all of the uh, criteria we had to meet to get to phase one and two and three and four and so oh, on yeah. and so forth is going to be shuffled a little bit. And Hopefully long story in a positive short, way. Nah, long story short, we're not going to be open until March or April. He came out and talked about schools reopening, too, and he developed a plan for school. We're like, I was like, oh, okay, well, I mean, that was forward. That was positive. Yeah, but then you see stuff on the news, like 33 people are dying, every, or one person dies every 33 seconds from COVID in the USA today. I wonder if those stats are accurate or not. I can't. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Okay. <laughs> to our actual topic. Okay. As goals. we're 20 minutes in here. Goals. Goals. Kind of goals. I got the, goals. The process behind goals, right? Yes, the process. Falling in love with the process. More to the more to the point. So not the process necessarily of goal setting, but of getting to the goal itself. Yeah, so 
I guess the process after you've set goals and after you implement the initial changes, because I guess that's the key, right? This is kind of funny. So I was just thinking about this. So we were having this conversation over New Year's with my uh, in-laws and my folks and my brother, talking about relationships, actually. And so it's like, what is, like... How do you, you have guys given your brother shit to try and get married? He asked. Okay. No, not to get married, but he asked about, like, relationships. He's like, how do you just... How do you know when it's time to get married? Or, like, how do you know when it's, like... The, it's like, you... I mean, the, the reality is, like, you don't always know. And, like, what creates a successful marriage, which is what we were talking about specifically, was that you just are committed to finishing what you said you were going to do, right? It's like, you just don't stop. And that, when we were talking and you're breaking it down, I'm like, this is actually the equation for success in general. Like, success in anything is just, I committed to a goal. I'm going to have things that are going to sidetrack me on my way to success. Things that are going to, I'm not going to ex- have expected, 2020. Uh, from a marriage standpoint, it could have been, you know, affairs. It could be from a money standpoint, you know, bankruptcies. You lost your job. I mean, all these different things that can affect you. But if you were just so committed to the end goal that you just don't quit, I mean, there's success. You get to their goal eventually. Yeah. It's an oversimplification of it because there's a lot that happens during that period of time at which you're trying to get to the goal. But I mean, realistically, I tell people in finance, it's like there's going to be so many times when you want to quit, but your ultimate goal is to arrive and build a certain size book that is commensurate with the life you want to live, right? It's like, and there's going to be so many times where you think you're failing and you're just doing it wrong and some a client fires you or you haven't brought on a new account in months or ugh, name it, right? You screw something up and somebody gets mad at you. And you just think that it's time to walk away and call it quits and it's been three or four or five years and it's just not, you're just not where you thought you were going to be. You're not where you wanted to be. I'm saying this from experience. <laughs> and eventually you get there. It's like, and you get there because you didn't quit. That's why I love the Simon Sinek idea of, of you know, the funny thing about goals is they're your own so you can change them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, just bump out the timeline. If you didn't make it, bump it out. Like set a new timeline. So I'm thinking about what you said and I'm processing it and I like what you said and I want to believe what you said and I believe it mostly (laughs) but I can give examples that contradict what you said. Well, I'm sure there's always examples. So Charles Barkley set out his singular goal was to be an NBA champion. He's one of the greatest NBA players of all forward or of all time, especially at the power forward position. He never won an NBA championship. Yeah. Never got one. So on the surface of it, he failed to achieve his goal. Mm-hmm. But now when he looks back on it, he can say the process was fulfilling. He's in a great place now, and he's one of the all time greats, albeit that he totally. doesn't have a championship ring. So I agree with everything you said that the way to get to a goal is to power through and persevere and keep going and keep going and just, you know, I think where, and this was kind of where I hope this went, I mean, for me, where people don't do the right things when it comes to goal setting is, and you mentioned this a little bit, but readjusting, Mm -hmm. evaluating where you're at, or having a set of metrics for what success is yeah right so there's the set of metrics might be um 
you know, I think there's a there's an old adage that says, if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it's a failure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They can't do it. Yeah. Um, That's what we talked about: realistic goal setting. Mm-hmm. But then I also don't believe in necessarily realistic goal setting. It has to be something that you can do, but is outlandish. Those what is it you call them? Beehags. Yeah, big hairy audacious goal. Yeah. So, I think that the the perseverance part is very important but when i was talking about getting granular for me it was you know if i think about it from a professional standpoint so this this enterprise team i'm on we have to i have a one-on-one this week where i basically have to project for the year right Mm -hmm. and so i had to do that too and and the criteria is that's fine you can see any number you want, Stephen. Totally. You can say you want to do a billion dollars. Yeah. But let's look at your pipeline. Let's look at the activities. Let's look at the things you're doing and see if those support or even come close to supporting the number you give me, right? So. Well, and then 2020 could happen. <laughs> or 2021. We don't know what's coming next. Yeah, Aliens or zombie apocalypse. Or it's like Stephen's putting in the effort. He's putting, he's got a good pipeline and kaboom, restaurants. Yeah. I mean, well, not even that. Just the last three, four months of the year last year where things opened up for a bit, gave people hope, and then, I mean, I had a lot of deals go sideways just because people are like, we got to wait and see. we got to wait and see. There's no way we can make a change right yeah. now. So, but what I'm saying is that the um, the actual, the, the intricacies of it, can you justify your goals, right? So, if for instance, if you said to me right now, I want to lose 50 pounds and compete in a competition by March. Bodybuilding yeah. competition. I don't want not going to happen. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Not going to happen. No. You're not going to be a productive member in of society for one. No, exactly. So that's what we got to look at, right? So we got to look at the process. What does the process take? And for me, it's all reverse engineering, right? So I think this is talked about in the, uh, the best damn sales book ever by mm-hmm. Warren Gresh's he's given a sales seminar and he and he's in the f- guy in the front row and he's he says to him all right how much do you want to make a lot and he What's goes a lot? how much is a lot and he goes i don't know a lot and he goes well what do you want to do with the money you make and the guy goes i want to buy and i think he says like a whole new york city block and he's like how much do you think that would cost and he goes, a billion dollars. And he goes, all right, now we're getting somewhere. He's like, so you need to make a billion dollars. Let's reverse engineer it from there. How many sales do you need to make? What's your average sale? Yeah. How many sales do you need to make a week, a month? Go back. And, yeah. it, and it's like... How many calls do you got to make so to then, get the meeting, to get the close where, rate, to get the... Yeah. That's where it comes into, we talked initially about specific versus broad. Yeah. That's where if you can get specific and have an ending point that you want to get to, and then reverse engineer it. Now, to come back to Charles Barkley, he had the end point, but he had his weight ballooned at certain times. He he had a great career, but he also had ups and downs. He had things mm-hmm. that, where, he's, to your point, he strayed off the path. Mm-hmm. So I think we agree much more than we disagree. I think we just have to look at it from different perspectives sometimes in terms of goal setting. Yeah, probably. But yeah, that reverse engineering thing is something that. Well, and it's like anything. I'm huge on. What I'm talking about, it's like it. There's always uh, 
outlier, right? I mean, we're within two standard deviations of the mean is what I'm talking about, right? The bell curve. Mm -hmm. It's like there's always outliers one way or the other, right? I mean, and I think even from a marital standpoint, you could ask, was your marriage successful during the time before it got blown up? Or was Charles Barkley's career successful during the time at which he played? I think the answer to at least the Charles Barkley thing would be, yeah. It seemed like he was successful and obviously still a pretty well-known guy even after having retired, but... I mean, the fact, the fact that I even know who he is yeah. tells you that he must be successful because I have no clue whatsoever about sports. So, Do you only know who he is because I compare Patrick's golf swing to his? <laughs> no, I see him on TV because <laughs> he's doing some uh, commentating, right? Yeah, he he does the NBA show on TNT. Yeah, and yeah. He does like, I've a seen lot him on some of the stuff. stuff. Like, he's yeah. super involved. He does the, the March Madness stuff, which yeah. is probably where he's And he's a singer from. too, right? Here, there's, there's something. Do you think... Uh, was he on that stupid My Singer show or something? No, I don't know. Isn't there a Narls Barkley? It's oh, Narls Barkley. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Um, do you think there's going to be a March Madness this, this year? If there is, it's all on virtual. It's oh. not going to be on. We're not going to have a March. We're not going to have March Madness event. It sucks. I know it really sucks. It's Especially fun. if my Packers make the Super Bowl and I can't go because you know that's on my sport bucket list. It, this would Speaking be the, this goals. would be the year that it happens too. Oh yeah. But what I wanted to talk a little bit about though is. I mean, we talked about reverse engineering, right? Starting with the goal, reverse engineering it back, right? I want to make 100000 a year. Okay, how, what's your average client? You know, what's your average close rate? What's your average meeting close rate? How many calls do you have to do to get a meeting to get the close rate? Blah, 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 blah. All the way down to the, you know, how many steps do you got to take to walk by someone to be introduced? I don't know, whatever it is. But uh, we've talked about this before too, and I like it because it's going to be the thing that gets you through those times where we talked about where Charles Barkley's or Charles Barkley's weight uh, has fluctuated, right? Is the intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation, right? And what are those things that are going to keep you coming back to the process to get to the ultimate like success? And like for me, at least I was trying to think about this a little bit, right? Cause there's certainly times in finance, I mean, March where you're like, Oh my God, like what is going on? Like, I don't fully understand it. Most senior advisors and analysts didn't even understand it. Like fundamentals didn't make sense at this this point. A lot of things were they going. Still don't really. Yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, if you if you truly understand them, they do a little bit, but they don't at the same time. It's like they make a little more sense if that. <laughs> they do a little bit. <laughs> okay, let's reverse. Backing up. Um, Intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation, right? The motivation to get through those tough times, right? March was tough. I think it's been a tough year for a lot of people. Like, and you look back on it and you're like, shit, I didn't realize how tough that was until I was out of it. Like, because when you're in the middle of it, you're just trying to survive and get through it. And sometimes that's all you can do. And you just have to find these little tidbits of like motivation, little bites of motivation to get through, I think. And I think that's something that we under like talk about I'm not under talk about it's not the right word obviously it's not even a right English <laughs> looking at me like what the hell are you saying <laughs> it's almost like toxic masculine <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> but I think some people are just intrinsically motivated they're just a competitive individual that wants to win and their motivation kind of comes out of that right and then there's those of us that I like I'm a competitive person I'm intrinsically uh, motivated. I'm. I am a competitive person for never having played sports, but I'm also very extrinsically motivated. Like, and I think about like you know, my 
my folks or my uh, my kids, you know, and you're like, well, no, I got to support them. I got a family to support, right? And if there's things that, that are outside of me, at least is how I'm defining extrinsic, that motivate me to continue to do my job, to continue to go out and find new clients and be there for my current clients, right? I mean, it's it's I don't want to let my clients down. I want to be able to help more clients. I want to be able to help friends. I want to provide for my family and give them a good lifestyle, right? These things that are outside of just me being competitive, right? Do you have those things too? Mm-hmm. What would be your, like, what are Steven's extrinsic motivators other than Nike? <laughs> so what influences me from the outside? Yeah. I hate that some of my friends are better than golf at me. <laughs> like it, it eats me up. It eats me up because, um, and, and I know, so I'll use two examples. Um, Travis and Patrick. Travis is a good hockey player. Yeah. I don't see him as an athletic person, though. I know he is. Um, Patrick, I don't think there's an athletic bone in the guy's body, but he can hit a golf ball better than me. Um, <laughs> I hope and, they listen to this week. So have to tell yeah, them and I'll tell them this to their face. It literally eats me up. It eats me up that those two can play golf better than me. Now, they've put a lot more time into it. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I'm extrinsically motivated to to get after it and get better at golf. I've already set See, that's, that goal. That's like the competitive side. I mean, is there like things outside of yourself that motivate you too? I mean, or like the desire to be better than somebody at something? Um, I want to leave a good legacy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's and that's not about being better. I got the best compliment, I think this side of ever from someone in the past week and all it was was thanks for all you do for me and thanks for all you do for our community i got that yesterday twice yeah and but it was my birthday so you know what it was just it was something that oh i'm glad that did i don't need any recognition per se and i don't do nice things and and do things for our community behind the scenes and and be involved and offer my time and energy for things that I don't, I don't advertise that I'm doing it either, but someone thanked me for that mm-hmm. and it meant a lot to me. You so, know, yeah. You know, what's funny is, is when someone told me that yesterday, um, that it was in a text message and, and you kind of stop and you think it's like, what do I do for the community? I'm like, huh? Was <laughs> it one of our former guests? Yeah. Yeah. Same person, by the way. Probably. Yeah. But, it was like, huh, mm-hmm. just interesting. Yeah. In but a, uh, I wonder she, if it was this. She noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. She noticed it. And she's one of her biggest fans. And yeah. I can, I mean, I see her more than you, but you know, you've got an advocate in the community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, uh, I, I think that that goes a long way. No, actually. Different she Oh, ben interesting. just wrote a name down. Um, <laughs> Write down the name. Who was it? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be tearing people up as they're listening to this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just those those kinds of... Uh, you don't need it, but when you get it, it's really fulfilling. So for yeah. me, I'm extrinsically motivated to leave a legacy and be a good person, right? Mm-hmm. And that means something different to everybody. For me, it's knowing that every time I have a decision to make with the facts that I've got and the set of parameters that I can operate in, I'm doing what's 
I perceive to be the right thing. Yeah. And to some people, that's the wrong thing, by the way, which... Which, okay. Yeah. But that's the thing. If we go back to that value and growth, Mm -hmm. same term, different terms, whatever we want to call them, it's like you're doing the thing that you feel is demonstrating the most value and bringing you the most sense of self-worth, right? And people are recognizing that was why it feels good. So to talk about that, though, extrinsic motivation shouldn't be about optics, right? And this is something I heard Dave Ramsey talking about on today's Entree Leadership podcast, um, where he said, look, you can live a you can live a principled life. He's like, but you shouldn't live a principled life just for the optics. Your decision making process shouldn't be, well, we should do this because this is what the media is going to think, or this is what yeah. this group's going to think, or this is going to get is this publicity from a press standpoint. It's just, yeah, PR. You can do the principled thing because it's it, it doesn't waver. This is my principles, and it was my principles before, and it's my principles now, and those generally don't change, right? Mm-hmm. Your principles are usually set in values. So, yeah, that's important when you're goal setting as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm glad well, they, that you brought yeah. up the intrinsic and extrinsic um, difference. Kind of motivational thing. Motivation. Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, to, to that point, your goals, they have to align with those values too, right? I mean, people set goals, I think, sometimes out of pressure, like I alluded to earlier, right? And it's like, don't set goals out of pressure. Like you, when you're doing goal setting, I think you really need to take time to do that introspective like self evaluation and thought and say like are these things that I actually I actually care about not things that necessarily are dictated for me and yeah your employer might dictate goals for you and that's one thing right uh, and they have to a lot of the time mm-hmm. but it's like are your goals things that you actually want to accomplish yes or no right and if they're not then quit dedicating the time to the things that you don't care about and dedicate them to the th- things that you do care about yeah it's like if you don't care about getting in shape. And, and, you know, the threat of a heart attack or those things don't motivate you to go out and run or to, to lift weights or do whatever you're going to do to lose weight or eat better, then don't do it. Just go live the most fulfilling life with the time you have left before you have that heart attack. Well, that's where nowadays, like, keeping up with the Joneses used to be easy, right? Keeping up with the Joneses used to be you'd look over the garden fence. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, he got a new lawnmower. I should get a new lawnmower. Or, oh, they've got three kids now we should have another kid something like that right that was keeping up with the joneses it was like what have they got that we don't now keeping up with the joneses is a whole lifestyle thing i mean with social media you've got people that their goals are to outdo and and again they might not even be conscious of this but their goals are to outdo their friends and family and people on social media yeah. Oh, you went to the lake and had a, a Malibu boat and a wake surfing. Well, we're going to do that, but we're going to do it better. And we're going to, now my kid's going to learn to wake surf on this lake with that boat. And we're going to make sure you know everything and it's one step better than what you had. And so, again, it might be subconscious, but. Which is just funny because it's like in that situation, depending on, I'm not sure. I mean, person A, I don't know person A, obviously, but that person's probably happier than person B, right? The person who is on the outside looking at person A, person mm-hmm. B looking at A going like, you got to wake it. It's like, it's all about the competition. It's not about ever being happy with where you're at. It's all about being better, mm-hmm. just about being better and not be for better for the like sake of anything positive. <laughs> it's just better for the sake of mm-hmm. trying to demean someone else almost just to be able to rub in their face and show them that you have a better bone, your kids are better wake server, which is totally messed up. 
Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, that's not like an example. That no, but I'm, I'm just saying people just do that. No, I know. Yeah, there. but that's a totally yeah. messed up situation that people mm-hmm. think that way, right? It's yeah. like because you're never going to be happy. And that sounds like a terribly depressed person, person B, right? Whereas person A might just be on their boat. I mean, you could have taken a 25 year old, you know, picking boat. And you could have been tubing behind it versus surfing, mm-hmm. right? And that person could be happier, an old bayliner. Exactly. Right? It's like, don't find happiness in the material things and all of that, believe me. Experiences don't do that. over things every day, all day. Yeah. Right? That doesn't mean you can't have nice things. Mm-hmm. This book right here, I'm reading it right now. I'll have to give it to you to read afterwards. It's an actual. It's an actual paper book, Stephen. The Psychology of Money. I'll just download it. Yeah, download it. Really interesting book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've really enjoyed it so far. I'm about halfway through it. Um, and working in finance, the psychology of money, totally. A, oof. Whew, you want to talk it's about getting messed up everybody. in the head, though. It's different for everybody, right? The psychology of money. Well, psychology is different no matter the topic, mm-hmm. yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as, though... You had mentioned sharing some of the ways that we track mm-hmm. kind of our goal. So I figured I would share. Uh, I think I shared my new money goal for the year. I can't remember if I did or not. Like, you know, I want to bring in uh, X amount of dollars in new money. 15 million, right? 15 million. No, that's not it. And my goal <laughs> to some is big and to some it's really small, right? Like I don't have an established $200 million, $100 million mm-hmm. book at this point that just I've got clients that are constantly bringing money in, right? I'm still growing. I'm still building my book at this point so um my new money goal was six million bucks i've been close to that i like 15 a million lot of better time. i do too but i'm being realistic right <laughs> we talked about being realistic with your goals <laughs> and so i break it down on a quarter by quarter basis right in q1 how much do i bring in q2 q3 q4 looking back at prior historical years and rolling averages of those quarters right and then i set quarterly goals and, and i track new clients and new money from existing clients to say, am I on track for that $6 million or not? And then I review my business pipeline as well. So I keep track of everybody that I've had a conversation with, prospective clients, you know, referrals that have uh, come in or, or my information has been shared with. And they told me, obviously, that they shared my information and what their account values are. And I keep track of all that stuff. And I review it and I keep track of how many touches I've had on that individual or not and where we're at kind of in an onboarding or sales cycle. Um, and I just do that on Excel and through our CRM in Salesforce. I know I can use opportunities in the Salesforce app, but I don't. I just am old school and I do it in Excel for a lot of time. Rolling business pipeline, quarter by quarter, new money goals broken down. Who's satisfied that? I mean, who are the accounts that have added up to whatever that goal was for the quarter? And then when I'm doing the goal setting itself, though, I start with here's my the amount of money I manage right now, it pays me X amount. I want to make, you know, $30,000 more next year. Okay. I, that means I need, uh, 6 million in new money. Kind of giving some numbers away here. Um, okay. I got to bring in 6 million, 1.5 a quarter. So I break down 1.5 a quarter. I look at my business pipeline. Who are the people that I think are most likely to hit? Also realizing a lot of the time that I get referrals from COIs, centers of influence, CPAs, and accountants, uh, slash accountants, uh, and estate plan attorneys, right? That in a month's time, I could get a million, $2 million referral that I didn't expect the month prior that lands and pays out, right? So you never know. Uh, and so you're kind of planning for the unknown to some degree too. But... Uh, I keep all track of all that in Excel. So I'm curious with that, and this is super sales specific. 
how much time do you spend working on each of your um let's call them uh sources of revenue so my centers of influence what i'm calling like the people the cpas and people that refer to me or what so i'm talking cold calling recalling old clients um reaching out to people you've never met before that you know of a high net worth yeah you read an article oh they've just come in with some money i'm going to reach out to them see if i can have a coffee with them how do you split up your time there and how do you correlate your activity what do you have any kind of correlation between the types of activity you're doing and the types of clients you're getting and how have you adjusted that over the time or is it all just kind of yeah no there totally is a correlation i mean you get larger referrals from COIs and estate planning attorneys, or my COIs, the CPAs and mm-hmm. estate planning attorneys, right? They're going to give you the biggest referrals. Uh, clients give you referrals, and depending on the type of client, right? It's going to depend upon because usually ask people for hang referrals out. or is that mm-hmm. kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people like if you've trained them from the onboarding of them, right? It's like, hey, I really hope you appreciate the process we went through. I feel like you gained a lot of clarity out of it, and now you're going to be empowered to go and make decisions that could hopefully benefit you to, you know go and retire mm-hmm. um like yeah this really was beneficial it's like well you know I, I know you probably have some colleagues that are struggling with a lot of the same things like i'd love for an introduction to your best friend at work or whatever and uh you know sometimes people are willing to do that sometimes they're not and that's fine have you ever thought about asking them if you could set up like a seminar and i i have to? done that before yeah because yeah, cool. you know specific to the plans that i know like providence so people who work up at Providence, I'm very familiar with their retirement plan structure, and they've had multiple iterations of retirement plans because of acquisition, right? So uh, I did a dinner where it was like, hey, uh, and knowing the clients that I know that are there, they're more of a beer and pizza group. So super down to earth, lovely, awesome people. And I was like, we're going to go get a room. I'm going to break down every one of the types of re- retirement programs that you guys have up there, some of the pros and cons of each, what it's going to look like when you transition uh, to retirement and some general financial planning uh, guidance, if you will, and then offer it up for questions and have pizza and beer. And uh, I mean, yeah, you can totally get specific with that, like niche little marketing events. Yeah, because I'm always interested, especially in the sales world, I'm always interested in how people correlate their activity to the results. Because mm-hmm. I think often people, they set these goals and then they have a list of excuses longer than their arm as to why they never got to the goal. Yeah. When really, activity, and not lack of, I think just lack of productive activity. I don't think people always understand which activities produce the most um, successful outcomes for them, and they'll focus on the wrong things. Well, and I will say that's really hard to know sometimes, Mm -hmm. because, I mean, you will reap the rewards of a seed you planted, you know, you can harvest that fruit of, of the seed you plant or whatever mm-hmm. like five years down the road sometimes I mean sometimes or years yeah. it's, it, 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 sometimes it just doesn't happen right we talk in the office it's like you don't always know, know where your next client's going to come from like you just have to put good out in the world and hope that it comes back to you sometimes mm-hmm. it's like you just have to do good just try and do good things demonstrate yeah. value and hope it comes back I if I ever was uh, exceptionally wealthy like very exceptionally wealthy to where I never had to work. I think I'd like to spend a couple of years in a couple of different sales fields and see how it stacks up to what I've done so far. Mm-hmm. You know, financial plan and maybe I don't. I'm trying to think of some other sales field. Maybe it's pharma. Maybe it's. I'd love to sort of plug in and see if the things I've learned are interchangeable, which I'm sure they are to a degree. Totally. Yeah. But just the science of selling fascinates me. 
which I never thought it, it would. That'd be fun to see you in, in finance, see how that like would Like just work. doing different things, yeah. Um, be a good study. It would be. Um, so I got three questions. And you got to share how you track too, though. How I track? Yeah. All right, so... And then you can ask your three questions, or you can ask your three questions, and then we can... I'll talk about how I track. So okay. for me, it's somewhat similar to you. I... So I work in two different spaces now. I've got the SMB space, so the small and mid-sized business space, and I've got the enterprise space, which is C-level, big, big, big deals, um, long sales cycles, lots of contacts, lots of solutioning, um, legal, like we're sending red line documents to people and, and things like that. So it's two very different worlds I operate in. So I'll, I'll stick to what I've done on a day-to-day basis. So for me, it's an activity thing, right? Um, and I started off, and I, I call my shot when I started. I'm like, look, I'm going to cold call initially. I'm going to go out and I'm going to pound the pavement. And I'm going to walk indoors and I'm going to make phone calls. Yeah, you do whatever you need to do to survive. Yeah. So, and I, I was in an industry that I could still cold call. I don't think you can necessarily do that in your industry now because for you to call somebody's cell phone that they've never talked to before, and I don't think people have home phones anymore. <laughs> if somebody called me and said, hey, would you like to talk? I mean, LinkedIn's where all your yeah. new, your guys are at now. Like, hey, can we have a coffee? Have a I always take their meetings, by the way. I think I've told you this before. So for me, it was, I want to get to the point that most of my business comes from referrals. I'm there, or I was there a year ago. (laughs) A lot of those referrals dried up in the past year. Not because those people aren't working anymore. Everything basically just was frozen, whether it was retail, whether it was... So I did a lot of self-source stuff last year, and it was nice to know that I still could. But for me... I like to keep 30 to 40 active opportunities at any given time. Any given month, I'll put three or four of those live, and I'm constantly cycling. So they fall off, you mean? So my sales cycles are a lot longer than a lot of people that do what I do because they're pounding the pavement and they're desperate, whereas I get these referrals, and it's like, hey, these guys are probably going to be changing in three months, so I'll put them into my, my, uh, we call it Atlas. It's a proprietary CRM. I'll put them in, and I'll have notes, again, in a spreadsheet or whatever it is. And I'll say, I'm going to reach out to them. I'll set reminders. I reach out to them on certain dates and say, hey, I know you're on this timeline. When can we meet? So I'm constantly, I like to have 30 to 40 active, um, what we call them, prospects in mm-hmm. any given time. Sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes it's a little less. But it's a constant cycle. Also, what that does is it allows me to manipulate a little bit. So when something goes sideways, I can always accelerate something a little bit and still get to where I said I was going to be planning. So my CYs, as you call them, I just call them referral partners, are anything from point of sale dealers, web developers, internet, business internet salespeople, real estate agents in the commercial space, restaurateurs and people that I already work with. Basically, they they speak, they talk to each other, and quite often they're like, well, who do you work with for this and this? And, And I get pointed out all the time, like, hey, this is Stephen, we work with him, and then it, it mm-hmm. goes from there. But often when I meet people, I'm rarely saying, hey, can I come in and evaluate what you're doing? I just make the connection, build a relationship with them, and eventually I'll ask them for their business. Mm-hmm. And yeah. some, people, some people frown upon that, <laughs> um, especially some people in my industry, because they're like, you want all the business you can, and you want it now. And I'm like, no, I want consistency. So... That's kind of how I track it. I'll, and I also look at it from the perspective that I know what my close ratio is. I'm constantly checking it and adjusting it. So if I have an appointment with this, my close ratio is 80% or higher, which is huge. So 
I've gotten to the point that I'm almost um, lazy, knowing that my, not lazy, lazy's not the word, but I'm very confident. Every time I have a meeting, I'm confident that I'm going to be able to talk it through and get it over the line. So, yeah, I track it similar to you in that some of them are quick and some of them are longer. In the in the, in the the enterprise space, it's a 12 to 18 month sales cycle usually. And you've got anywhere from... Well, those are the ones that four are going to be to years down the road. Influences. They might come in. They yeah. might remember you and circle back. Yeah. And so, for instance, if I walk in and, and sign up at Joe Blow's bar across the street, even if he's got an early termination contract clause in his contract, it's usually a few hundred bucks. We can usually build enough value in, or we do financing where we finance it six months interest free, and they don't have to worry about paying it. Right at the uh, oh, Amber Alert, Amber Alert, Yakima, Washington, Amber Alert, Yakima, black Ford F one fifty two thousand one with Arizona plates. Both of our phones and my wrist went bananas there. He's bananas. Bananas. Um, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. So where was I? So, yeah, so you've got four to six buying influences. Each one of them has to get a win. Um, I track that in Salesforce, so we have our own instances in Salesforce. Uh, opportunities and accounts. I know you were talking about opportunities yeah. and not putting it in there, but I have to put it in there. So I can do things like when I'm sending an email, I can blind copy Salesforce, and it will put that into their file in mm-hmm. Salesforce. and It's pretty slick. But, yeah, those are... I was talking about the the early term fees, so it's what we call a liquidated damages clause in the uh, when you get to the big space. So what that usually is is a percentage of their projected profits for over a, a two or a three year period. So it's a vast sum of money to get out of those contracts. So one of the first things we have to find out is our contractual status, and then that's where legal and everything comes in. So it's just a different sales cycle altogether, and it's been fun for me to learn it. Be fun for me to learn how the C-suite works and yeah. and chat with people in the C-suite and different different. I already had what I believe to be a fairly broad business sense in terms of see that's how businesses like run the four hundred one k side that I do yeah. with yeah. So now I'm like now I'm like right in there and and you know you're learning why decisions are made at that mm-hmm. C level and what might stop them and you know you might learn how that, they think that, yeah. that Sandra the CFO and. Bob, the CTO, are in completely opposite pages, but they both have the same goal. They just have a different path to get there, and the CTO needs a new technology now, but the CFO doesn't see it in the budget, and you've got to try and get them to meet halfway. And so, essentially, it's like mediating. Yeah. And I might have a phone call with the CTO, and an hour later, have a phone call with the CFO, and they're both talking shit about each other. (laughs) And you're basically trying to bring them closer together, you know. Kumbaya, my lord. So it's, it's, it's been it's been fun. So that's how I that's how I track them both separately. One is thirty to forty prospects, constantly working on them, refilling it all the time from from my referral sources, and the other one is basically Salesforce and um, just longer sales cycles. So um, yeah, sales. I'd never used Salesforce before, believe it or not. Hmm. And I forgot. I, we're not actually even using Salesforce anymore. We moved away it. to a more advisor-specific one. But I said Salesforce earlier. Yeah. But um, so, what your three questions? Do you want to ask your three questions, or well, do you want to? Wrap my three it? questions aren't necessarily to you, and you're welcome to answer them if you want. Oh, okay. But my three questions are for goal setting in general, and these are where you can apply these professionally. You can apply these to personal goals. You can apply these to family goals. You can apply these to fitness goals, whatever you want to do, right? And the three questions are, 
um, and I'm going to try and do them in order. What can you not do yet that you want to be proficient in? Mm-hmm. And I think we all have something, right? I want to learn guitar, piano, friggin' yeah, totally. all that stuff. I never have, but it's there. Um, what can you do, but you want to be really a lot better at it, right? And again, that could be anything from you don't eat right, you don't, you know, you're, you're not very good at a jump shot, you're not very good at um, golf. <laughs> yeah. Your friends are better than you at golf. And then this is where another way to set goals is what do you want to be no more knowledgeable in what do you not know enough about that you've always thought you'd like to be and and for me that's always been something that i feel like i can seamlessly move between crowds and carry intelligent conversations for the most part and i, I can also go from the dumbest conversation with a group of guys to high level like philosophical deep and and intelligent so those are my three like what what can you not do at all that you'd like to become proficient in what can you what are you proficient in that you'd like to be better at and what are things that you'd like to be more knowledgeable about or learn more about see and i would even add to that if you can't answer those what i would start with what is it that you enjoy and work from there because mm-hmm. you can expand off of what you enjoy doing what, what do you currently do right to to the I mean, we can reverse engineer those questions even to get to the things that you, to, to your goal. Yeah. But I would say that the enjoyment part, there can be downfalls there, right? Yes, yeah. So you might have a guy that enjoys sex and wants to be the best at sex, but he's married and his wife doesn't have the same sex drive as him and then that can lead him down a dark path, right? Or you <laughs> might have a, kid, a guy that... <laughs> I'm just saying... You might have a guy that oh loves God. to eat and eat out and ends up fat. You might so enjoyment. Well, yeah, you could have your go. You can set enjoyment, bad goals. That's not. enjoyment and fulfillment are different things. And I think that in, by saying what do you enjoy, I think you can mislead some people. Not all people, mm-hmm. but I don't think. I that think that's all, that bell curve thing yeah. again. <laughs> I don't think all of your goals should be yeah. things that you enjoy. Some of no, your no, goals no, no. are going to be things. I don't that enjoy are, working out or yeah, losing weight, exactly. but I freaking have to do it. Like, so, so I'm just saying that the enjoyment part for me is not as important <laughs> as, as others. I'm just Come saying, I, oh, dude, that's a perfectly oh. reasonable thing. I'm ripping this paper off, we're done. <laughs> ben is cutting me off, and yeah. I feel like what I was saying was a perfectly reasonable thing. <laughs> I just <laughs> used a, an outlandish example, so. Okay. we want to thank you guys for listening to us f- through 2019 and 2020 we're going to do some freaking cool things here in 2021 because I've, we're freaking cool i've got some uh almost daily thoughts ready to go and i'm going to start <laughs> launching those this week yeah oh you did you yeah. i haven't seen any so just think of them as uh rants with a funny twist and sometimes i'm going to be deadly serious and some it's ways for me like i have a whole thing i'm going to show ben on my phone here i have been as things happen i make these notes so oh that was it almost daily thought topics look each one of those is a different topic let me see <laughs> no because oh. i want you to hear them firsthand oh god <laughs> so some of them are oh, just okay. like okay yeah so and some of them are going to be funny some of them are going to be poignant some of them are going to be yeah some of them might not be pc either but i'm looking forward to it it's a way for me to get things off my chest part of your task and what it comes from is i think that there's some uh some value that i can bring to people that i haven't been doing so yeah 
Uh, rate, review, share. We love when you guys do that. Our listener numbers have been fairly good. Uh, November, mm-hmm. December, and into January. First week in January. Yeah, holding like, steady, baby. What the heck's Grew going on here? held steady. So thank you for listening. If you like this, share it. If you think it's trash, turn it off. <laughs> ben, what you got? What you got uh, to end on? Until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom. Boom. <laughs>